Welcome to LCS Talks. I'm Berkeley Glazer, and I'm the principal of the middle school here at Langley Christian School. Today with me, I have Kevin Merchandani. He is our K-12 uh, Director of Instruction and Christian Foundations. I have Dave McVitie, who is our... Counselor and therapist on site for the middle and high school. Counselor and therapist on site. Thank you, Dave. And we have Eric Bailinga, who is our... IT manager for Langley Christian School. That's my official title now. <laughs> awesome. Everybody does so many roles around here, I can't keep track. Oh, and it changes, too. All right. Welcome to uh, Season 2. We're talking about technology, faith, and education. And so we thought we'd just start off by just uh, having a little fun and just sharing uh, our stories about technology. And uh, I'm the oldest guy here, so I'll start because I'm sure we'll have some good jokes flying around the room. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely a technology immigrant. Um, you know, I can go back to the landline phone plugged into the wall where um, it had a dial to turn to the numbers on the phone. You know, our whole idea of social media was talking for no more than three minutes because mom would cut you off if you'd spent longer than that talking on the phone. To uh, just seeing the invention of computers come in and, and how that played in education. So uh, I did my master's in 1997 on the feasibility of online learning. So already looking then as to explore how education can be done remotely. And uh, man, we've just done some magnificent things in that since then. So anyways, enough about me. My turn? Yeah, I guess so. Am sure. I the second oldest? You're yeah. second oldest. We're going to have order of age. <laughs> right. Ooh, oh no. Mm. <laughs> I also had phones, and I remember my mom uh, eavesdropping on us. Oh, you that know, was a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Just held hold the phone thing down, and anyway, yeah. So that she was pro. Um, I remember it's like in grade three or four. My dad brought home the first Mac or whatever. What were those called? Just Macintosh. It was just a Macintosh. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. Pixels, yellow? Yeah. Was it yellow or green? Mm, yeah. I don't it know. It depends what, anyway. Which one it was. Wait, anyway. Where was that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> probably <laughs> an Apple II, maybe? Three. Yeah, 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 yeah. probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, progressively over time, mm. um, the years of typewriting, it was cool because I had the typewriter with the screen so I could know up to five words in advance before I misspelled it. Oh, wow. Ooh, that was That's really good. big tech. Yeah, yeah. And then we moved into... Dad brought home computers and the internet and then dial up and that mm -hmm. awful noise oh, that we all remember. Oh, um, something soothing about that, but actually. <laughs> being born and, and raised for a bit, at least in Japan, technology was always discussed. We were aware of bits of it. Uh, Dad had access to different kinds of stuff, and even Grandpa did because he was still out there. So once in a while, he'd send me some kind of fancy device, and I'd try and figure out how to use it in English. Cool. So that's a little... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So next, next oldest, that's me, I guess. I also grew up with a landline. I think that my memories of having landlines, we had, uh, you know, dial-up internet and that annoying sound, but I'd be downloading a song off of Napster or something mm. like that, and then mom would pick up <laughs> the phone and interrupt my connection. So I'd have to start the download all over again. But yeah, I, I feel like my, for how old I am, I think my, my interest in computers started quite late. Um, I really wasn't interested until the school was chucking out a whole bunch of old computers and I took a bunch home and I started ripping them apart and putting them back together and that just sparked my interest. So my first computer was a secondhand TRS-80 Model 102 and I would hammer out basic programs from the some printings that I'd print off from that dial-up connection. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, wasn't a huge gamer. Uh, maybe did that a little bit in my early teens, but I was just interested in, in how things work, just the nuts and bolts of it. And that's always been always been my passion. 
Nice. So I've never known a world without technology in, in terms of digital technology. My parents had a computer um, processing company. So they um, raised me. I was My mom was pushing me in the swing while she converted um, meg disks to floppy disks. Um, I can't remember. What was it? Five and a half or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I remember going to this uh, office. We lived in the States and um, there were these huge servers. Um, you know, the, um, the dial-up connections, those sounds um, bring back memories as well. But um, I, um, from there, remember Windows 95 being this revolutionary thing that um, you can kind of visualize that kind of baby blue screen and it's loading up and you're waiting for it and you're entering into this new world that you have access to to communicate with people. And so I have those memories of what that was like and um, even just growing up and, and thinking about the role of technology in my own life. Um, there's there's this tension that comes up of it's positive opportunities for community and connection and also this um, this challenging experience of, of working through um, what I would say is um, even addictive patterns of, of, of video games and being connected to, to friends and spending hours upon hours in this. So um, I guess what um, what I want to frame here is some of the, the challenges with technology that we experience and what it means as a Christian community to be thinking about uh, how to navigate those. So, um, yeah, Dave and Eric, if you can frame some of the, the challenges that we see with technology and um, how we might think about some of those. Oh, the challenges. Uh, there's lots of good things. Like when we first started bringing computers in the house, it was so we didn't need a typewriter anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't need whiteout. Uh, and that was important technology, and it shifted. And so there's lots of, of challenges today. You mentioned, I think, addiction is a huge issue. The pixels activate the brain in really unfortunate ways where you're drawn into it. In fact, if you look at your screen too close to bedtime, you might not be able to sleep because your brain can't settle. Um, so we've got addiction issues. We've got social dynamic problems because kids don't know how to function in real life anymore if they only focus on digital interaction. And um, and then the, the exposure, and I've phrased it this way for years, but we used to have to go outside of the house, invite something in if we wanted it there. It wasn't just going to show up. And now we bring a device, even just a phone, and the whole world exists, whether we like it or not, inside mm-hmm. the walls of our house. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's not safe Mm-mm. when you think about it that mm-hmm. way. There's nothing that no- is held out by a door or window or wall yeah. anymore. We are inviting it in mm-hmm. with our devices. So those are some of the the dangers that kind of come to mind when you yeah. ask that. Yeah, I would say like in terms of the positives, I mean, working here at Langley Christian School, I see the wonderful things that are being done in our, our uh, robotics program, uh, just the, the potential, the just the, the creativity that can come out of that sort of thing. Um, our 3D print, printing, uh, there's there's just so many creative elements to programming that, that can just capture a student's mind and an adult's mind too. And we, we've been able to create such wonderful things. Um, sometimes we don't understand the consequences of the things that we create. Maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that later. Um, but I, I just think that it technology, especially digital technology, has opened up such a, a huge world of, of possibility and potential. Uh, and things that w- were very difficult to do have now become very, very simple, very easy, and we've been able to stretch ourselves, which has been amazing. Consequences, I, I mean, I've been, I've been working in IT for uh, almost 20 years now, and uh, I've, I've worked in a lot of different businesses, a lot of different homes, fixing computers, and 
yeah, some of the damage that I've seen, uh, particularly in regards to pornography or, or gambling addictions, things that uh, f- parents are trying to hide, uh, kids are trying to hide. Um, it, it's, it's devastating to, to see and to, to sometimes have to bring to light to a parent or, or to someone you're working for. Um, so I've seen how that can wreck lives. Um, even, even watching students, how they interact with each other, that's changed in the last 11 years that I've been here at LCS. Um, just the, the access kids now have to, to cell phones and to social media, that's really changed from what I've observed in, in terms of how they interact with each other, sometimes positively, but often, more often than not, in, in negative ways. So I see that as being uh, some of the dangers that we've, we've brought into this world. Sure. And some other perks and benefits, like uh, COVID shut things down. Yeah. But we could still be together, sort of. Absolutely. Our meetings were happening. I could still meet with uh, students mm-hmm. via whatever, mm-hmm. Google Meet, Zoom, these different platforms. And so, and, and it's made our world smaller. Mm-hmm. It's made information super accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't need libraries full of reference material anymore that just mm-hmm. clutters things up. At the same time, it's made it tricky to discern truth. How do we access accurate resources yeah. is a new challenge in the midst of that. But some of those are some of the things. Yeah, so that idea of discernment's come up a few times, and we're talking all along about what it means to live a life of wisdom. So let's take a look at Scripture. And uh, for me, I think one of the key passages that comes up is uh, John 10, 10. Um, I've come so that they may have life and life to the full. And part of this is that we want to experience this rich biblical view of abundant life. And I I guess I'm wondering, what might that look like for us here in our Christian learning community to experience this biblical vision of of wisdom in our usage with technology? What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts, Dave and Eric? Well, as you say that passage, I think of like brings life and life to the full. Like where when you think about that statement, uh, where does it suck life from you? And when you begin to realize it's not actually building you up and providing something that brings you not just like kind of energy, life, and connection with God, um, then maybe we're no longer using it for good things. Uh, and those don't always have to be evil, bad things, right? Just neutral. Mm-hmm. You can fill yourself with anything in our world. Speaking of technology, when cars came out and, and guys are building their own hot rods or whatever, They'd lose marriages because all they did was focus on mm-hmm. spending and building that that vehicle or whatever it was that they were drawn to in terms of technology. We can get distracted with anything, but this is uh, so much harder because we need it and somehow have to draw a line when it's no longer need and now it's detrimental. And so um, when is it killing our souls mm. and when are we utilizing it to build and to grow who we are? And our spirituality in particular. You guys had a couple other scriptures that you wanted to read. Yeah, right? yeah. I was going to look at First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirty-one, and and the uh, the words surrounding that. So Paul in this passage is is talking to the Corinthians and talking about food. Um, however, this I think this is more broadly applicable. So in First Corinthians ten, verse thirty-one. Uh, Paul says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I think that's that's really good. Earlier on, though, in verse 23, though, he goes on and says, well, before this, he says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Um, so in, in kind of discerning 
technology, um, we can say, yeah, like, I mean, just like food, technology can be a very life giving thing if it's used well, like Dave says, like there's positive uses to social media. I, I don't know if all of you have seen the, the social dilemma or not, but, uh, there's a, a portion in there where the creator of the like button on Facebook talks about what his, what he designed the like button to be, you know, how it'd be a, a life for affirming thing for everyone to, you know, hit a like and people can see like, ah, oh, this is great. What he didn't realize is that he was creating a very addictive thing as well. So there's this side where, um, yeah, the, the things that we think we're creating for good may not always be may not always live out uh, what they're intended to be. Another example, a great example of this too, is uh, Neil Postman. He wrote a great book in the early 1990s called Technopoly. And he has a, an example that he gives on technology. Now, this is old technology, but he talked about the origin of the clock. Now, the clock was invented by uh, Benedictine monks in the 11th and 12th century. And the idea was to call a regularity to the, the times of prayer. Uh, and this is great. Um, it, it helped him with that. And just like with our technology, like with social media, they, these are, are good things like connections with people that we can use. Um, but what he didn't realize is that time and, and calculating the passage of time can also be used to regulate the affairs of men. So Lewis Mumford said, the mechanical clock made possible the idea of regular production, regular work hours, and standardized production. So the paradox being that the men who invented the clock wanted to devote themselves more fully to God, but instead the clock has turned into a, a device that is mostly used by men who wish to devote themselves to the accumulation of money. So yeah, just like with, with technology, the, the good things that we invent for good purposes um, can be used for other things that we just we just did not anticipate. And so with social media, well, there's the in incredible impact of being able to um, meet together, to, to share our lives with one another. Um, we all know that that can go too far. We know how that can be abused. And that can go for other things too, not just um, social media. I mean, anything like gaming. Gaming's a lot of fun. We can do that with our friends. But when we're doing that alone in our basement for hours and hours and hours, you can lose your job. You can lose your health. You can use all sorts of things. So, Sure. I think too, the opposite applies though. Mm -hmm. um, I heard it said years ago, like we can redeem for God's purpose and God's yes. use so many yeah. things. And so the internet wasn't maybe designed for Christian purpose. Mm -hmm. uh, and some look at it as this evil source of whatever, at least they used to. Totally. Um, we can bring things back into line with God's will, God's plan, and to use it and utilize it for his glory. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty exciting to to think of how we can utilize um, this resource for education and for God and to, to equip students uh, for the future of redeeming whatever they encounter, whatever new thing comes on the internet, that kind of thing. Um, last verse is Ephesians 5.15. Uh, it says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. So kind of like what we were talking about before, anything um, out of balance can wreck your life. And so we want to be wise about what we embrace. We want to be discerning about what we choose to allow into our world, into our school, into our homes. If you're listening as a parent um, and beginning to ask yourself this question, are these questions about how do you engage with technology in your home with intention? Mm-hmm. Not just passively because everybody else has it and it's normal, but because you need to choose whether you want it there and what you want and what you don't want. And you need to 
pretend there's a door mm. for technology, essentially, right? And so we want to be wise with what we allow into our kids' worlds, into our homes, into our own minds and worlds. And there are ways to do that, but it takes a lot of work and time. Great point. Um, and that ties in really well with us as a school um, pairing up and partnering with the home uh, on this issue because very much we're trying to build good digital citizens here uh, at Langley Christian. So it starts for us in grade seven. So 12-year-olds are allowed to bring their own device to school. In fact, it's a requirement in grade seven. And uh, we've decided on that age to prepare them and get, get them ready for the next things that come. So the whole idea of uh, being a good digital citizen, about being truthful and honest. So just looking at the requirements for social media, there's actual um, age restrictions on it. You've got to be 13 or older. And we want our kids very much to wait until they're of that age to jump into that. And we've seen very much so here at school that there's all kinds of discipline problems that come around if they jump into social media way too quick and they're not prepared and they don't have the tools to do that. So us partnering with home and helping uh, parents understand uh, what we want to try to accomplish here is an important connection to to make. Yeah, I like that. Uh, years ago, I came up with a, I call it a graduated system of introduction for my kids. And I posted it on a blog somewhere. I'd have to look and dig it up. Probably needs to be revamped now with new tech. But the same idea here. We're introducing kids uh, in stages to how to pr appropriately use it. So if we just avoid it, all of a sudden they're drowning in tech and don't know how to handle it. But if we show them progressively like is our plan here, then they grow into it and they learn to use it well. Yeah, one of the things that Andy Crouch, um, author of TechWise Family and um, former editor of um, Christianity Today talks about is this idea that we're meant to be family, not just marriages bound by vows and the children that come from them, but a wider family that invites others into our lives and even to the threshold of our last breath to experience vulnerability and grace, sorrow and hope, singing and our way homeward. We're meant not just for thin virtual connections, but for visceral, real connections to one another in this fleeting, temporary, and infinitely beautiful and worthwhile life. We're meant to die in one another's arms, surrounded by prayer and song, knowing that we are loved. And I think it captures this vision of being together, of learning together, of using technology to connect people, to equip them, to help them to thrive. But um, what I think is really key as we go on this learning journey is to think about how we can steward this resource in um, meaningful ways and to be wise and discerning. And so one of the, um, the approaches that we've come up with as we've talked and, and um, spent some time thinking about our podcasts and our journey ahead is um, to provide some guidance along some principles that we've developed. Um, we're calling them our technology and learning communities guiding principles. And so you'll hear some of these ideas pop up over the next uh, several episodes. And they're being worked out as we have been processing and thinking about what we mean by living a life of wisdom, looking to, to Jesus for how to engage with technology. Because as we look at scripture, you won't find the internet in there. And uh, it, it's this ancient text that has universal and enduring truths. And so how can we allow the, the truths of scripture to speak in a timeless way, in a way that says, here's what it means to be people of a... Uh, of a faith community, a people committed to Christ. And so 
Um, some of these principles that we have here are filling or experiencing abundance versus emptying this image of, of a desert, um, wisdom over law, discernment versus mindless acceptance, innovation and imagination, um, accountability versus surveillance, and encouraging dialogue over debate. And so some of these are things that we hope to encourage you as families to be thinking about as you partner with us. And um, so any last thoughts? Um, I'll put this back to our, our group here. Yeah, I like that, Kevin. I think uh, one thing I think about too is is um, just identifying, like you say, Scripture does not talk about uh, technology specifically in terms of the internet, but uh, in general terms, I mean, we are all we're all sinners at the end of the day. So we have great capacity for evil, but we also have a great capacity through through God's grace to to use the technology that we have incredibly well. So I think that's that's the one timeless truth I think that that we can root some things in is mm. the understanding of who we are in Christ and who we are as as fallen sinners as well. Yeah, I think I'm excited about uh, the opportunity to partner with parents, you parents at home. Mm-hmm. Um, being intentional is so important. We need to equip our kids for the future, and we can't do that alone as a school. Mm. No, We need your help desperately, um, but we also know how much work that is. So we want to be able to equip you as much as we're able with what you need to be the guards, the, the shepherds of your home, mm. and to walk yeah. with your kids yeah. while we walk with them here. Um, but more of it's on you because mm-hmm. home is where they're not mm-hmm. monitored and we don't have Eric there <laughs> making sure nothing gets through the smooth wall. Yeah, yeah that's smooth right. Wall. So uh, yeah, we hope to invite you in and, and join us with that. Awesome. So now you've heard from us. What are uh, some of your stories and experiences with technology? Uh, we invite you to go on this journey with us as we look to Jesus to explore how we can engage in important conversations as a Christian learning community together and as we strive to seek God's wisdom on this journey. So uh, find us on our webpage, uh, podcasts, and subscribe, and join us as we uh, venture into this discussion.